Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. A couple weeks ago, I began a new series with you that I'm very excited about. The series is called Bold. We began by talking about how Peter and John were going to the temple to worship one day, and as they walked in through the temple gates, there was a beggar there that was crippled, been crippled most of his life, and he was asking for money, as he often did, and there every day, and, and they said, listen, we don't have money, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have we give to you, be healed in the name of Jesus. They grabbed him by his hand, lifted him up off that mat, and the guy took off running and praising God. It was an incredible miracle. But they were brought in before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a group of men that, that led Israel uh, from... Uh, you got to understand kind of the times at that moment, so, so bear with me. Let me give you some framework. The Romans had conquered Israel. That's why you had the Roman soldiers walking around. And so Israel was one of the provinces of the Roman Empire. But the Israelites were a feisty people. They didn't want to be ruled by the Romans. They didn't like the Roman Empire. And so they were always having uproars and always causing problems. Um, They were just a thorn in the side of the Roman Empire. So what they did was... Uh, they sent governors to lead, Pilate, Herod, these type men, to lead. But they also utilized the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees to help lead the people. So they said, we're in charge, but we're going to let you rule your people as much as we can. You keep them in order, and we won't have to come in here and, you know, be the Roman Empire and wipe you out. And so they were kind of working hand in hand. So the Sanhedrin had the authority and the power to throw you in jail, which they had done to Peter and John the night before. They had to, the authority to put you to death or to stone you or to, you would face a severe punishments. That's, that's the power that they wielded in the day. And so as they're standing there, they said, whose name did you do this miracle in? And They said, well, we did it in the name of Jesus. They couldn't argue with the miracle, so they basically said to them, okay, you can leave, but stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Do what you want, but don't do anything in the name of Jesus. And yet they said, listen, we can only talk about what we've seen and what we've heard. Who are we going to obey, man or God? Sorry, we have no choice. We're going to obey God. We can't stop. And the Bible says that the Sadducees were amazed at the boldness of these ordinary men. I I love the Greek word there, uh, uh, idiotes, which is where we get our word idiots. It said we are amazed at the boldness of of these idiots. They don't even know scripture. And yet, look at how bold they are. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Whatever you believe, you respond accordingly. And so for Peter and John, they had walked with Jesus so much. They had lived with him and they believed in him and they had seen him crucified and then they had seen him resurrected from the grave and they had seen him ascend into the heavens. And so out of that belief, out of what they had seen and heard, they could not stop being bold because they literally believed that Jesus was the Son of God. The question is, what do you believe about God? Because you will behave accordingly. When you believe that God is a healer, 
you behave accordingly. When you believe that God is a Savior, you behave accordingly. When you be- believe that God is a big God, you behave accordingly. But when you don't think He's a big God, when you don't think He's necessary in your life, you behave accordingly to that as well. Three bold facts about uh, this story that we learned last week. Number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. You don't have to be uh, a Sadducee or a Pharisee or a pastor or a priest or an elder, but God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Number two, your boldness will amaze the world. The darker the world gets, the more impact the light of Jesus can be made through your life. And number three, spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Remember, time with God builds our faith. And when our faith is built, then we do pray bold prayers and we do bold things. And out of that, we see great spiritual results. When we see great spiritual results, it makes us want to spend more time with God, which builds our faith, makes us be even bolder for Christ, which we, makes us, allows us to see even greater spiritual results. Today, I want to talk to you on this subject of praying bold prayers. You may have heard me say this before, but I'm convinced that what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for. Last week we said what you believe about God determines how you behave. One of those behaviors is our prayer. So however we are praying is reflecting what we really believe about God. If you pray selfish prayers, then you believe that God exists for you. If you pray small prayers, then you believe, then you have a lack of faith in a big God. If all you ever pray is small things, then you're not showing prayer for a big God, prayer in a big God. And then, but if you rarely pray, it could mean one of a number of things. Well, you don't really believe God answers prayers. Or maybe you just believe he doesn't want to answer your prayers. Or it might say of you that you really don't believe God is necessary in your life. You can handle this thing. I read a great great question this week. And the statement said this, to think about everything you've prayed this week. Do this with me. Think about every prayer you've prayed this week, the little ones and the big ones, the short ones and the long ones. Think about every prayer you've prayed this week. Here's the question. If God answered every one of them right now, how would your world be different? If God answered all of your prayers How would your world be different? Would the world be a better place? Would your neighbor be saved? Would your coworker be healed of cancer? Would your marriage be alive and well? Would your kids be sitting in service with you, worshiping God right now? Would you be out of debt? Would your church be full of people giving their lives to Christ? How would your world be different if he answered your prayers? Are you praying bold prayers? Let's pick up in uh, in Acts again. Verse uh, chapter 4, we'll pick up in verse 23. If you're there, if you got your scriptures ready, say amen. amen. I love what Pastor Craig said last week. I assume, I don't know if he said it over here, but he said everybody with paper Bibles is getting in heaven first. I don't, I don't know where he got that in scripture, but I like it. I've got my paper Bible this morning. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Here's what they prayed. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by your Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? 
Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod and Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. I love this. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I love this. The disciples get released from prison. They get released from custody. They go straight back to the church and they begin praying again. They join together and they pray with their friends. When you came in, one of our kids should have given you an index card. Don't write on it yet. Don't let your kids draw on it yet. If you get in a bind here in a minute, feel free to use it. I will get you another one, but I want you to hold it because here in a minute, we're going to do an exercise together, and I believe that God's going to answer some bold prayers, okay? But don't write on it yet. Don't take notes on it. If you're taking notes, you can follow along on our Triumph app. If you're watching it online, you can follow along on your app. Just go to Sermon Notes, and, and you'll be able to follow with us. Here's this prayer they pray. I love it. I love how they begin their prayer. Here's some of the words that they said. Sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke. It was by your Holy Spirit and and your appointed servant, Jesus. I love this. They killed him, but everything that they did was determined beforehand by whose will? By God's will. They said, we're in your will, God. We're we're counting on you to be our Lord. The good things in my life, God, our lives, they came from you. And the bad things, they're just an opportunity for your glory to be shown in our lives. I love that the first thing that they did was lift up God. They could have come back in there and said, oh, Lord, save us and help us and deliver us and free us. And don't ever let that happen again. But that's not the first thing that they prayed. The first thing that they prayed was to lift up God. They said, he's our sovereign Lord. He's our savior. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And they made sure, God, we, you, I want you to know that you are big in our lives. You see, God is already sitting on the throne. He is already the creator of the heavens and the earth. Our words don't change where he is, but our words change how we view him in our own lives. God can't get any bigger, but he can get bigger in your own world. Does that that make sense? We have a tendency to push God down, so the first thing they did was lift God up. How did they know to do this? They knew to, they knew to do this because Jesus said, uh, that when you pray, pray like this. Remember the Lord's Prayer? First thing, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The first thing Jesus said to do was lift up the name of God. So when they got in trouble, when they were facing persecution, the first thing they prayed was not, Lord, deliver me, but God, you're in charge of this whole deal. You're the God. You're the creator. How do you pray? When you get in a bind, when you get in trouble, 
I'm assuming that you pray. I'm assuming that you lift your voice to God. That is the first thing God saved me or is the first thing God, you're an incredible God. You're a big God. You're a loving God. You've, you're in control of this whole thing. And if you want to deliver me, you'll deliver me. And if you don't, you'll see me through. How are you praying? The first thing they did was to lift up the name of God. Then they prayed bold prayers. What did they pray? What did they pray? The first thing we see in verse 29 and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us great boldness. This is a fascinating one to me. God, you're big. God, you're amazing. First thing we're praying for, God, is great boldness. Remember that they had just come from the Sanhedrin where the world was amazed by their boldness. Where, where the, the, the Sadducees looked at them and they were amazed at the boldness of these ordinary men. And yet here they are. Praying for boldness again. Why is that the case? A couple of reasons. The first is simply this, that boldness is not something you obtain for life, but it is a decision that you make every day. You see, you can be bold today. We're in church. We're all here together. And we're bold and we're worshiping and we're praying bold prayers. But then we go out tomorrow and we're at work and suddenly we're as quiet as a mouse. We can leave here today all pumped up because the preacher is preaching really well, a lot better than some of you are amening. And, and uh, thank you. And, and we leave here and you go to Castellet with your family and you're eating lunch and you're ministering to the server and you're praying over her and you're blessing her. And man, you're just so bold for Jesus. But we go to school tomorrow and we get quiet because... Being bold today doesn't guarantee you will be bold tomorrow. The disciples knew this. They said, man, we were bold today, but it was only by the power of God. So God, give us more boldness. Give us great boldness. Give us amazing boldness every day of our lives. Just because you have it today don't mean you won't have it tomorrow. So pray every day. God, make me bold today. When you're walking around getting dressed in the morning, when you're praying and getting ready through your day, you ought to just say, Lord, make me bold for you today. Give me boldness that would make an impact on my world today. Somehow, some way, God, make me bold today, every single day. The, the second thing is this. Um, it, it also tells us that you can have more boldness than you currently do. Wherever you are, you can have more. Think about it like this. Um, it's not a place that you arrive at, but it's a journey. It's similar to knowledge or wisdom or, or learning. Do you remember when you graduated from high school? Nod your head at me if you remember when you graduated from high school. Okay, some of you are like, man, I don't know, Pastor, that was a long time ago. Uh, uh, when you graduated from high school, maybe you're like me, and you got that diploma, and something about that diploma said to you, now you know it all. <laughs> all right, how many of you see any guys out here be like, yeah. Like at that point, you thought you had it all figured out. Like I've got this life thing. I know everything there is to be known. Uh, I, I know it all. And, and so, uh, you know, you, you stop learning at that point. And you may have gone to college, but you weren't really learning. Anybody? Bueller? <laughs> um, and, but it didn't take long, did it, before life kicked you in the teeth? And you realized, I don't know anything. 
and you went back in search of knowledge and understanding again. Because we, there, knowledge, there is never a place when it comes to knowledge and wisdom and understanding that we have it all figured out. So we are constantly learning and constantly growing, right? Every day of your life, you ought to, there, there's something to be learned. There's something to be gained. There's some bit of wisdom. You know, always learning, always learning, always learning. And it is the exact same way with our boldness. Wherever you are today, that's wonderful. There is more for you. Keep growing in your boldness. Keep asking God to give you more boldness than you had yesterday. Even if t- yesterday was a good day, oh God, I'm praying for more today. More boldness, more boldness, more boldness. So it's not just that you can run out, but we always want more. Think about it if we were on a scale. One being, you, want, you can't even spell bold. Ten being, like you're that annoying, obnoxious, bold Christian that's just always preaching and you look at them with a little bit of like, I hate you and a little bit of like, I'm amazed by you all the same. You know anybody like that? It's like all mixed up in one, like I want to be you and I hate you all at the same time, <laughs> right? So, so there's this scale and we're all on that scale somewhere in between. If you're a one in the room today and you can honestly say, man, I'm just not bold for Jesus. I want to challenge you to pray, bo- grow in your boldness, get to a two, get to a three, get to a four. If you're a five or a six and you're a little bold and you have your moments where, where man, man, that was great, but, but you tend to kind of like be great in boldness one day and then you back up the next day or maybe you're kind of bold and as long as you feel it's a safe environment, you're going to be really bold, but as, as soon as you get pushed back, you, you back up some. And, and so you're in that five or six level. I want to challenge you to move to a seven or an eight. Move to the next level. Pray, God, give me more boldness. And if you're a 10 in the room and you're that person I was just talking about, that people right now are thinking about you and we kind of like you and kind of hate you all at the same time we kind of want to be you and we kind of want to kick you in the kneecap all at the same time but it's all because we love you and we love Jesus but if you're that 10 pray this God I want to be off the scale with boldness for you I want to be over the top I want to be like one of your disciples were wherever you are pray for more boldness pray for boldness Second thing they prayed for, we find this in verse 30. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Second thing they prayed for was they prayed for miracles. They prayed for miracles. Bold prayer. But let's get a picture of how they prayed. They said, stretch out your hand. My son is playing tackle football for the first time. He's eight, and uh, some days it goes really well. Some days the coach calls and says, you know, your son was a standout today. Other days they look at me and go, what's wrong with your kid? We're working on it. We're new to this whole football thing. We're baseball players in our family, so we're new to this whole football thing. But he's doing well. Tackles a kid, and, you know, Randy's one of the biggest kids out there. And, you know, some of these kids are like half his size, and he's... He's afraid to, he's, that he's going to hurt him. But he knocks this kid on the ground. So I want you to get a picture of this. And you've seen this in football. Maybe you've played sports of some kind. Maybe you've just fallen in your life. But there's someone. <laughs> so, I didn't mean that at any of you. But <laughs> some of you are like, oh, hallelujah, that's me. So 
you're, you're laying on the ground and someone walks over to you. Now, so in this picture, being on the ground represents you're in a place of weakness. When you're knocked on your back, it's a place of weakness, right? But someone from that is standing, someone in their place of strength, they walk over to you. However you got knocked down, you got knocked down. And what do they do? They stretch out their hand from their place of power, from their place of strength. They stretch out their hand towards you. And in your weakness, they lift you back up. Do you see that picture? This is what the disciples saw. God, we're down here. We need miracles. We need signs and wonders. We need things we couldn't do on our own. We need help. We're in a place of weakness, and we're out there trying to do our best for you, but we need you to stretch out your hand from your place of power, from your place of strength, from your place of favor, and I need you to grab us by the hand and lift us up. And that's what God wants to do in your life. When we pray bold prayers, that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I'm down here and I'm giving it everything I have, but I need you to stretch your hand out of heaven. And with your power and with your boldness and with your strength and with your favor and with your goodness, I need you to lift me up because I can't do it on my own. Would, would you be willing to pray that way with God? Lord, stretch out your hand. Can you see him stretching from heaven down to your life right now? And he's just grabbing you and he's, he's grabbing your marriage and he's lifting it up. And he's grabbing your finances and he's lifting them up. And he's grabbing your health and your sickness and your disease. And he's saying, I can help you with that. And he's lifting you up. Or, or do our prayers just say, God, if you feel like it, but in the meantime, I'm going to be doing it my way. No, I want to pray bold prayers like the disciples prayed. God, here I am. Stretch out your hand. I need you, and I need you right now. They prayed for miracles. Why was, why was this such a bold prayer? Remember that your prayers reflect what you believe about God. This was a bold prayer because they were asking God to do things that they couldn't do themselves. I ask you to think about the prayers you prayed this week. Have any of them been things that you couldn't do on your own? Consider. You prayed for God to get you home safely. Lord, I got to drive home from work today. Get me home safely. But let's be realistic. Nod your head at me if you think you could get home safely without God's help. Most of the time. I mean, I'm a fairly decent driver. Some of you are like, no. But most, most of us in the room could get home safely without the Lord commissioning angels on the front and the back and the sides and over and underneath. And get, we could probably get home three miles from, from the school to home by, without God's help. We're better with God's help. Pray for safety, but we could get that done. We sit down to dinner with our family. Uh, whether it's the, the mom or the dad that's a cook in the family, uh, however your family works, you sit down, the, they've cooked, and we say, Lord, bless this food, let it bring nourishment to our body, and don't let it poison us, right? <laughs> I don't know about your home, but in our home, I mean, we can cook well enough. I mean, we're not claiming to be master chefs here, but we cook well enough that it's probably going to bring nourishment to our body. We're probably not going to die from poison. We can handle that on our own. Should we pray over our food? It's not a trick question. Of course we should pray over our food. Especially, it's, you know, when you go to some restaurants. I mean, you should pray more than others. 
But here's the point. We could probably get that done on our own. You lay down to go to sleep at night and you say, Lord, bless me as I rest. Let me sleep. You know what? Nod your head at me if you can sleep pretty well. You're just one of those guys or ladies that when you say, I'm going to bed, you lay your head down to the pillow and you're gone. I hate all of you. <laughs> no, most of us can handle that on their own. And if we can't, you know, I have trazodone for that. So <laughs> what's funny is y'all think I'm kidding. Um, so here's the point. Are all of your prayers things that you could probably handle on your own if God didn't come through for you? Or are you praying for things that there is no way you could do by yourself and you are totally reliant upon God? I want you to pray. Yeah, you can clap for that. I want you to pray for everything. Pray for the little things. Pray for the big things. But you know... Uh, you know, my uh, bold prayers require us to, at some point to pray for something that we couldn't handle on our own if God didn't come through. And that's where they were saying, God, we need miracles in our life. We need big things. Uh, and, and here's the deal. Have you ever seen God do a miracle? Because if you haven't, let me ask you this question. Have you ever really prayed for one? And, and complaining is not praying. Venting is not praying. Have you really praying, prayed for God. Listen, asking God builds your faith and invite him to, invites him to move in your life. Ask God for big things. They, 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 this was a bold prayer because they were asking God to do miracles for people they didn't even know. Last night, we had prayer. And uh, I know in Beaumont, I was in Beaumont, Pastor Lindsay was here. And and, and in Beaumont, I, we gave the opportunity. Is there anyone in the room that has a need you need God to come through for in your life right now? And we prayed for some individual prayer needs that were present in the room, like people in the room. This is what I need prayed for. In this situation, one of the reasons that this prayer was so bold is that they weren't praying for miracles to be done for people in the room. Here's what they knew. We're going to be walking down the street tomorrow, and somebody's going to need a miracle. So we're already praying for their miracle to be done even before it happens are all your prayers focused on you and your family i want you to pray for you and your family but ask yourself what percentage of your prayers are self-centered or focused on you and how it would affect your life how much time do you spend praying for other people who if they got their miracle it wouldn't have impact your life at all but you just want god to come through for them we ought to spend some time praying for other people Third reason it was a bold prayer is because they were asking for God to use them to reach other people. They were saying, God, we want you to do miracles. And what they knew is they were going to be walking down the street just like what got them in, the, in trouble in the first place. There was somebody that needed help. God, use us. We want to be the people that are used by you. Uh, do you really want to be used by God? If so, pray that God would use you. Pray that God would move in your life. Pray that, that, that God would do miracles for the people around you even before you meet them. And I love this. He said signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. This is interesting because if we're not careful, as good faith-filled people, we can get caught up on the miracle and forget that it's not about the miracle. The miracle is simply a sign. What does a sign do? A sign points us to the real thing. 
Here's what they said. We don't want to just see miracles so our lives will be better or someone else's life will be better. But here's what we know. Every sign, every miracle, every time God answers a bold prayer, it is an opportunity to point someone to Jesus. If God answered your prayer, would you point people to Jesus? What does it look like? You've been praying for your marriage. God heals your marriage. Your husband starts acting right. Somebody says, man, how did that happen? And you say, well, my husband finally got his stuff together, and he finally started acting right, and he took me on a date, and now all is well. Did that point anybody to Jesus? Or would you say, no, God rescued my marriage, and he turned things around, and he spoke to my husband, and he's not finished yet, but God's doing a great miracle in my marriage. If, if you had cancer, and suddenly the doctor said you were cancer-free, would you say, well, I went to chemo, and I went to radiation, and they did surgery, and I took, took the oils, and I ate the natural f- foods, and I did all those things. I did everything that the doctor said, and I did everything that Google said, and I did everything that WebMD said, and I did everything that everybody said, and now I'm cancer-free. Or would you say, you know what? I did all that stuff, but let me just tell you that God, the great physician, is the one that healed me. How would you respond? You're praying for your, your family to get out of debt. You want that new home. And so, and so finally, you, you go to some classes and you some learn and you, you get control of your spending and you get the home and you get out of debt. Would you say, man, look, we're in this home and it's because we finally got serious about our credit cards and we finally got serious about this and we finally made some hard decisions and now look what we've done. Or would you say, no, 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 no. Yes, we did all the hard things, but make no mistake about it. The Bible said it, that it is my God who gives us the power to get well. What would you say? Would you point people, if God answered your prayers, would you point people to Jesus? Or, or would you give credit to anybody and everybody except for Him? We pray, we pray, we pray, we pray. God answers. He responds to our prayer, but do you respond to Him? The disciples said, signs because we want to point people to you. Fourth thing was their prayers put them at risk. They'd been arrested for healing in Jesus' name, but now they were laying it all on the line. They, they said, we, we're going to pray in Jesus' name. And if that costs us our life, so be it. If it costs us jail time, so be it. But God, we are going after you. And we are believing that you are going to protect us. Are we afraid to pray bold prayers because if they don't work, we might look foolish? Are we afraid to, afraid to pray bold prayers because if they don't work, God might look bad? Understand this. My faith in God is big enough to handle a no. It's big enough, big enough to handle a not yet. And it's big enough to handle a never. I, I'm just going to keep praying anyway. Reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar had said, I want everybody in this, in this kingdom that, when the, that I want you to bow down and I want you to worship me, worship this idol. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we're not going to do it. So sure enough, it was time to worship. Everyone in the kingdom bows down and worships except for these three young guys. They said, we're not going to do it. They bring them before the king. King Nebuchadnezzar is irate. 
He is angry and he says, listen, you need to understand something. If you don't bow down and worship me, you see that big fireplace, that massive life-size fireplace that is blazing hot? I'm going to throw you in it and you're going to burn to death. You better worship me. And I love the response of these three guys in the, in the book of Daniel. Uh, read this with me. So they responded, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. <laughs> First thing they got straight was, our God is able. Our God is able, and he is, he is capable, and he can do this thing in our life. So throw us in there if you want to, but we know our God is able to save us. Second thing he said was that he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Here's it. Not only is he able, but he will. God is able and he is going to do it. Listen to the words of these three young men. Our God is able and he is going to do it in our life. And they got this thing settled. Have you ever settled that in your life? My God is able and he will. My God is able to heal my marriage and he will. My God is able to set me free from addiction and he will. My God is able to get me out of debt and he will. God, my God is able to send me to college and he will. My God is able to send me the spouse that he desires me to have and he will. But they keep going. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. My God is able and he will. But even if he doesn't, we're never going to worship you. This is in my life. He's able to do miracles, and he's going to do miracles. But even if he doesn't, I'm never going to stop praying and stop believing. You see, here's what I know. I'm praying bold prayers that are so big. God doesn't even have to answer all of them. But if he'll just answer one, it would change the course of my future, change my family forever. I'm going to keep praying. I just need God to answer one. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar says to these men, you're about to be thrown in the furnace. Are you sure? Absolutely, we're sure. They grab them. They throw them into the fire. It was so hot that one of the guards that threw them in died on the spot. They throw them into the fire. Nebuchadnezzar's sitting there and he's watching. Suddenly he looks in. He gets his advisor. He says, hey, 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 hey. Look in there. Guy says, yes, sir, king. D didn't we throw three men in the fire? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes, sir, we did. There's four men in there. Here's the point. Even when God doesn't save us from the fire, He'll save us in the fire. If you can pray bold prayers, even when He hasn't saved you from it yet, He'll be right there with you in it all the way through. 
He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you and he'll walk by your side. He'll stand with you. He'll fight for you. He took them and they came out. They weren't burnt. They, they weren't scalded. There wasn't a hair on their head fringe. The guy, the unbeliever was laying outside dead and they walked out totally unscathed wherever you're at. You pray bold prayers. You believe that God is able and that he will. And even if he doesn't, you never back down and you know that God is going to walk right there with you all the way through. I, I want to challenge you today to pray bold prayers. I, I heard it said a few years ago that bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. But you see, many prayers go unanswered because they were never actually prayed. James said it like this, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. How many things in your life, if you were being honest, you would say, I wanted it really bad, but I didn't really ask God. I went and tried to scheme my way to get it. And God is saying, ask ask. Pray bold prayers. Backing up to Acts chapter 4 now. Peter and John, I love what happened. They left. The first place they went was right back to other believers. And they joined together in prayer. You see, you, you can be praying bold prayers. I can be praying bold prayers on my own, and I should. But there's something happens when you gather together with believers on a day like today. Oh, a boldness comes over you. A faith comes over you. Because you know what? Faith is contagious. You're looking around and you're saying, man, if God can do that for them, maybe he can do that for me. And, and when we start praying, we just, something builds up in us. And we don't even always know where it comes from. But we feel like maybe, just maybe, this time, this time God is going to answer. And today is that kind of day. So as we're gathered together, I want you to pray a bold prayer.